Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, when Jesus came to this earth, he's fully God and fully man, but he put his God part aside. So anything that he did, he got direction from God. He wasn't doing life alone. He was doing it with God and with others. So the answer to this would have simply been, well, how did I know who to choose? How I know to do anything? Every decision I make, I'm listening to God. What steps do you take before making a big decision in your life? Today, Pastor Mark will show listeners how even when Jesus was a man on this earth, he still sought out God the Father through prayer on a daily basis. If anyone had the capability or reasoning to try and do life alone, it was Jesus. But even he knew that alone time with God was necessary to live a successful life. There is plenty in this life, even on a daily basis, to be in prayer about. Have you tried to live prosperously absent of God? Jesus set the ultimate example, and if he prioritized prayer, then so should we. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians as he begins part three in his series entitled Unlimited Opportunities. When we follow, we become the hands and the feet and the mouth of Jesus. Well, Pastor Mark, I want to follow, or I want to become a believer today. I want to repent and ask Jesus, we'll give you an opportunity at the end. Well, I want to follow. How do I do that? How do I actually follow? And so I'm going to, I'm going to teach you how to follow today three keys that you'll need to write. Three keys. Here's the first one. All of our campuses... Write it down. Number one, we follow by being connected to God and others. I've asked you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 6. If you will, let's begin in verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. And when morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated the apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Now, this is very important. Pay attention. One of the very first things Jesus did after starting his ministry was he picked some other men to do ministry with him. Now, to be honest, could Jesus have come and done ministry alone, done everything? Absolutely. He didn't need anybody else. But he did need others. 
So the very thing we see do, Jesus do is this. He didn't do ministry alone. He didn't do life alone. Jesus was showing you, and Jesus was showing me, that if we're going to follow him on the road of life, we follow as a family. We follow connected. And for the very next few years, actually about two and a half from this point on, Jesus would do life with ordinary men. He wouldn't do it alone. He had good friends, Mary, Martha, Lazarus. If you follow Jesus, he always had people he was connected with. He didn't do life alone. Now, to accentuate that, Paul would write about the church. We're a church. We're just a body of believers. And, you know, we have actually four campuses. And, And the illustration I'll read to you in a moment, Paul uses is, The local church, like right here in Melbourne and every one of our other campuses, you're a church, you're like a body. And a body has hands and feet and eyes and ears. And God made us that way so we can function with our gifts together. We don't do anything alone. I mean, can you imagine if my left foot said I'm going this way and my right foot said I'm going this way? Ouch. And I'd be going where? Nowhere. I'd be going nowhere. So the body has to function. You have to, if you're part of this campus here in Melbourne or any of our other four camp, three campuses, you have to function together. Here's what Paul says in Romans. Listen, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, the church. We are all parts worldwide of one body. Every church is local and has its own body. And each of us has a different work to do. It's not about just looking good. It's a work. It's a function. It's a gift. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the other. So here in Melbourne and and, and Sebastian and Orlando and Vera, God designed us as individual bodies. And each campus has to function together as a team. Each of us are all equal. There's no superstars here. We're valuable. And we have giftings from God that are very unique and different. Now, one of the key words in the book of Acts, when the early church got started, is an interesting word. It's pregnant with possibilities. I'm going to read you one verse, and I want you to see if you can guess what the word is. It has to do with us being connected. So just listen. See, See how good you are. Here we go. Every day, the early church... They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Now, is there a key word that came to your mind? Oh, am I a great teacher or what? Together. Is there a difference between together and alone? Do you realize how many of you here are trying to do life alone? The word alone and lonely, they're lonely words. Crummy feeling, alone. You were designed to do life alone. It will never work. And yet, by and large, the church just tries to function. Many people, not connected. It isn't like we sat down one day and said, okay, see, see, what can we make? Oh, that's a good one, let's see. No, we took it from the Bible. Here's the one that you need to understand. Connected. Connect to others 
and personal vibrant relationships. That's one of our core values. Where did we get it? From where we see Jesus. Jesus doesn't start his ministry and go, okay, have a nice life, guys. I'm doing this thing by myself. No, he did it with people. He's trying to show us that we're to do life together with other people. We need to be loved. We need to love other people. And it, it just has to work together where we can be held accountable and encouraged to keep our commitments. I was listening to a pastor, and I thought it was very interesting. Well-known pastor, and he said this. The most difficult funeral I ever did was a funeral where the only person that showed up for the funeral was the tax accountant for the individual that died. How many of you will be at your funeral? You can do life alone? Why did Jesus make us connected? Why do you and I have to have good friends, people we can held accountable to? Because God knew that Satan would love to discourage us. Satan would love to defeat us. Satan would love to get us off the path. So Paul writes us a very interesting challenge. It's in the book of Hebrews. Paul writes it like this. But encourage one another every three or four weeks. Well, daily. Well, what's the word encourage mean? To urge, to confront, to come alongside to spur into action. So one another is the same word as together. It's together. So I'm to encourage one another daily. We don't exist here as a bunch of individuals just running around doing our deal. So notice what he says. Encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Pastor Mark, I'm not a people person. I can do this alone. Hardened by the lies of Satan. If God says you can't do it alone, hello, you can't do it alone. So what happens when I get alone and I don't have anybody to challenge me and encourage me and come alongside with me? Well, here's what happens. My heart gets hard. And pretty soon I get discouraged and depressed. Some of you here are depressed this morning. You're lonely. There's no one to encourage you. You have nobody. You go to the hospital, you can have surgery. There's nobody there to pray for you. There's nobody back home knowing you're going to be okay, everything's going to be. There's nobody. You're just by yourself. Well, you can't do that. Life will beat you up and spit you out. You can't follow Jesus Christ alone. It will not work. If we're going to be successful, somehow you have to be connected with people. And so do that today. If nothing changes, Nothing changes. Well, I want to follow Jesus. Jesus followed with a group. So number one, if I'm going to follow, I have to be connected. You can't do this thing alone. There's no lone rangers in the body of Christ. Change today. Well, that brings up number two. We not only follow by being connected, we follow by listening. We follow by listening. There is somebody that wants to respond to us 24-7. Well, how does that work? You're right there in Luke. Go back to verse 12 and 13. Let's read it again. One of those days, Jesus went to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. All night long, he prayed. And when morning came, he, he called 
his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, who he also designated apostles. There's no doubt in my mind that some of these 12, when they got Jesus alone, they said this, how did you choose us? Out of all these people, how did you know which 12 to pick? I mean, how did you pick me, for instance? Out of all these people to be your apostles, how did, how did you know? Well, we already gave you the answer. Jesus prayed all night, and God told him. You see, Jesus was listening to God. You see, when Jesus came to this earth, he's fully God and fully man, but he put his God part aside. So anything that he did, he got direction from God. He wasn't doing life alone. He was doing it with God and with others. So the answer to this would have simply been, well, how did I know who to choose? How I know to do anything. Every decision I make, I'm listening to God. Well, for the disciples, to be honest, that was pretty easy. You see, the disciples lived, these 12, in a time when Jesus was in flesh. And so when Jesus would say, come on, we're going, we're going to go up to this city, they just followed because he was there. They could see him. They could hear him. When Jesus would get up in the morning and say, well, we're going to go through Samaria today. What? Yeah, the father said, I've been listening to him, we're, we're to go through Samaria. So they followed by listening to Jesus actually speak, and they heard his words. But one day, Jesus said to them, I'm going now back to heaven, right after he went to the cross. I'm going back to heaven. So the very first thing I'm sure that came to their mind was this. Okay, hmm, divided by three, you're going to heaven. For these last two and a half years, we've heard your voice. We've watched your steps. This wasn't too difficult. Now what? There's nobody here to follow. How are we going to do this? I mean, when we had a question, we came to you. You had the answer. Push the blue button. But you're not going to be here anymore. So how are we going to do life? Jesus had an answer for them. He gave it to them. It's the same answer you and I need. Because we don't have a Jesus today that's physically here. He's here by spirit. So how do we do life? Who are we listening to? If, if one of the keys is to, to listen to God, how does that work? Well, let's turn in our Bibles to the book of John, chapter 14, and we will see how to follow and what that looks like. This is so important. By the way, if you're not a Christ follower, you have no clue about this. And that's why you want to ask God to change your life today. You want to repent, believe, and come to follow. Because you can't do life without God. Now, in John chapter 14, all of our campuses, go down to verse 16. Vieira, Sebastian, Orlando, those of you watching by the internet, verse 16. Notice what Jesus says. And I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another counselor. That word another in the original language means another one just like Jesus. Of course, speaking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's speaking about God the Holy Spirit. Another one just like Jesus. Not different. 
Different personality, but just like Jesus. So he says, and the Father will give you another counselor to be with you for the next three weeks. Is that what it says? What does it say? Well, how long is forever? Hallelujah. You mean he's with us today? Yeah. Well, what about when I die? Will he be with my grandkids? Yeah, forever. And by the way, here's one of his names, the spirit of truth. That's better than the spirit of lies, just in case you wonder. Now, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. In other words, if you're not a believer, you don't get any of this. Because following Jesus, it's a spiritual thing. The real you is spiritual. But you know him, Jesus says to his disciples, because he lives with you. He's been around us. He's had some influence. But here's the key. Circle it. He will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus says, I'm going to the Father. You've been following me physically. But now you're going to follow me spiritually. Well, what does that look like? Is it like, woo? No, it's not like that at all. Go down to verse 26, same chapter, John 14, 26. Notice, but the counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Look at me. Who's teaching you today? Holy Spirit's teaching you. Oh, yeah, it's my voice. It's my study. But the Holy Spirit's the one applying it to your heart. The teacher is always the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is God. Doesn't get any better than that. Notice, goes on. He will teach you all things, not some things, everything you need to know, and will remind you of everything I've said to you. So he'll bring back keys to these disciples. Jesus made these statements. They never got some of them. Later, the Spirit would remind them what the meaning was. Skip over two more chapters. Let's see one more aspect of the Holy Spirit. One more aspect of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 16, go down to verse 13. All our campuses. But when he, remember, the Holy Spirit is a person. He can be grieved. He can be said no to. He's not, it's not the force be with you. He's a person. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he, this is amazing. And understand this. This is in, in, a, in a reverent way, this is the blue button. He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears from God. And he will tell you what is yet to come. So please write this down. Every Christ follower has God, the Holy Spirit, living inside of them. Now again, if you're not a Christ follower, there's nobody to guide you. There's nobody to answer your questions. You're just trying to do life alone. It doesn't work. So notice, this, this sounds strange to you, but I think you'll understand it. When the Holy Spirit came, it was actually way better for the disciples than it was when Jesus was here. Here's why. Later, some of these disciples would go to different cities. And who would go with them? Ansar, the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lived where? Tell me. Point to it for you. Where's the Holy Spirit live? Right here. So wherever you go, who goes with you? The Holy Spirit. Now, in the early days, if Jesus went to Capernaum, 
But a couple of disciples wanted to go to Nazareth. Didn't work. There's nobody in Nazareth. They don't have God with them. Because Jesus could only be in one place at one time. See, way better than one person. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. We forget that you, that I, have God in me. On star, living in us. Amazing. Directing us. Teaching us. Well, Pastor Mark, okay, I like that. I like the Holy Spirit living in me. But you said I'm supposed to listen to him. How do I do that? How do I listen to a spirit that's inside me? I'm glad you ask. The spirit leads us in many ways. We hear, we understand what to do, how to follow in many ways. I'll give you some of the ones that are not as frequent. We hear God speak to us through our conscience. Don't do that. Anybody hear your conscience say, don't do that this week? We've all been there. That was a conscience. Who spoke to you? God spoke to you. Who told you to do it? Satan. So we hear from our conscience. Uh, we're, we, we get wisdom and direction from God, sometimes through other people. Believers and even unbelievers, we've seen that in the scripture. We get it from open doors and closed doors, from circumstances. And we get it. The book of Acts tells us toward the end of time, we're going to get more direction through the spirit, through dreams and visions. But I want to give you today, all of those are valid, but I want to give you today the two main ways we hear God speak to us so we can listen. Two main ways. I want you to write it down. Here's the next statement. A little long, but just to, I'll, I'll give you time to write it down. Primarily, a Christ follower listens to God two ways. Through the written word, in other words, the Bible, and then through the influence, the impressions from the Holy Spirit. So one is hardcore, it's in writing. The other one is in the Spirit, impressions that come from the Holy Spirit. One time Jesus stood and said this in Matthew 4, man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Well, what word comes from the mouth of God? Turn with me to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and let me show you what word comes from God. That means that I can't live on human bread. That, that's not going to do my life good enough. You see, God made us so that nothing could satisfy us except a relationship with God. For those of you that are not yet followers, the only way that life will make sense and purpose is, again, to become a follower. Ask Christ to forgive you. You get a chance to do that. Otherwise, life doesn't make sense. God didn't make you to do life apart from Him. To be considered a disciple of Christ, you must follow Christ with your life and be disciplined to learn from Him every day for the rest of your life. Today, we learn from Pastor Mark the importance of following Christ and how we practically follow Christ. We follow God by being connected to both God and others. We also follow Him by daily listening to Him. Can you honestly say you've been following God more than yourself? Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. How does a Christ follower listen to God? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach believers the principles of listening to God. Primarily, a Christ follower listens to God through the written word and through the Holy Spirit, living inside of them. If you're surrendered to Christ, he's going to lead you. All you have to do is believe, listen, and obey. Sounds easier than it really is, but it is so rewarding. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Ephesians. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry